welcome everyone to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast. Our listeners on our FM station in New York and our listeners on our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guests. Hi, we have an extraordinary show for you today on Food Farms and Chefs that we are bringing you a celebrity chef from Italy, a Michelin star chef from France, and a new owner of a restaurant in Stockton, New Jersey. A great pleasure this afternoon on this lovely Valentine's Day and Chinese New Year, the Year of the Tiger, to introduce a friend of the show, a great chef, a fabulous humanitarian, and just an amazing person overall, Chef Joseph Poon. Uh, Joe, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you for joining us for this Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year, the year of a tiger. Lucky, high energy, fast moving, and I wish everybody happy, healthy, and lucky for the Happy New Year for Tiger. Well, thank you, Joe. You know, you have an amazing story. You came to this country um, in 1978, and you came over here with literally $8 in your pocket, and you came to, you know, start a new life and, and start some new things. And you came and you were working two and three jobs. Uh, and in 1979, you opened up what, quickly became the number one hotspot dining ticket in the city of Philadelphia for Asian food. That was Sankey. Tell us how you accomplished like that great step in no time at all, not knowing anybody, and you went from getting here and opening up Sankey. Number one, I'm young. Number two, I drive chili chili bang bang fast. Boo and go. Okay. And by the time uh, I come here in 1972. 1972. All right. Okay. And first of all, I don't know much about English. The best way, whenever you're traveling around the world, you don't know the local language. The best way, well, in kitchen, what's this? Number one, you're never hungry. You munchy, munchy, munchy. Now English, I'm okay. Munchy, munchy, munchy. But, so this is why I work in food service before I come to the United States. I work for KV Pacific Airline, uh, for the food uh, airline catering. I was officer, but my English is mediocre. My English is okay right now. So, and then I walk in the kitchen, and I was just cutting 200 pound onion every day. I don't know why I cried. I didn't know that I cried. And then I go to Woolworth to buy a cargo to cover my eye. It saved my life. God bless America. <laughs> so I start from there because any kid, any people, young people, when you come to I say, you don't need to know English. Just work hard, number one. As a chef, no matter how. You go to Paris, I work in Paris. I don't know English. I work in kitchen again. <laughs> so that's the way, the best way, number one. You always have some left over to eat. You left hungry. Number two, you make some money. I can't, I told you, illegally. God bless America. Thank you. So that's why I take three job, And I have to keep myself busy. Number one, I have high energy. Six o'clock, I make ludo until three o'clock. And then I clean up all my powder. Not wipe the powder very bad. And then, and I go to uh, wash dishes. By the time nine o'clock, 
They don't have nothing to do. They ask me go go out, go home. So I do construction. So that's why I, I didn't know me. I do three jobs at the same time. Why? I plan to go to school. I know without education, I don't have today. I don't have come here to talk Hebrew, English, 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 English. So without kid, young people must learn the local language. When you're in Paris, come on, Dali Wu. When you're in China, good luck. Say, say. I, when you are in uh, Portugal, so all these things, you fit into the country, you follow the rule to be a nice citizen, and then go to school. That's the best. You know, your success in restaurants has been, one, your wide range in, in culinary skills. You're uber talented when it comes to the kitchen, but also your energy and your front of the house, your hospitality. I remember reading a quote from who back then was the Inquirer food writer, Elaine Tate, who wrote, everything seems to be designed to bring smiles. Yes. And I thought that that was one of the best quotes that reflects you because you just bring an energy level and a welcoming spirit to everything you do. And as a result, you've been really able to educate so many people on Chinese cuisine. The other thing I, I saw... And I go back to when you when you, in your restaurant, you had a sign and hung in the kitchen that I loved. It hung on the wall, actually. It said, my kitchen is open and my mind is open, too. Oh, I like that. It is. And, because Shane. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so, you know, where did you get, has you always been just this willing and, and wanting to educate people? Or, you know, is this something you came to America saying, well, if I get someplace, I'm going to do this? You know, you, you just have constantly been trying to educate people and teach people. Basically, I learned a lot of things from school, from Alonta, and also from chef, right? So, look at that, Gene. Every morning, he put everything in the Facebook and asked questions about food. So, that's the question and answer, he know. But most of us, we don't know. He asked uh, some fun of vegetable, what kind of uh, vitamin C or whatever thing inside. Are you right or wrong? He got so much information to ask. By the time... People don't know, and you click on the answer, and then we learn. This is the way. My kitchen is open. You're more than welcome. Those days when I come in, it's Tapsui Chow Min. They start. But right between Sichuan. Sichuan is not strictly Sichuan. Only hot and sour soup and spicy, and that's just called Sichuan. But Hong Kong style is not yet. No. Not yet. Because like dim sum, roast pig, right? whole pig. Like Italian, they take about 19 hours to roast pig in a, 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 a esposito. Down there, take so much time. But we only take whole pig, 17 pound pig, only take about one hour, 50 minutes. So this is the secret. They never explode to the out of the kitchen. So dim sum, today Chai Tang, amazing. Even though some of the food, very good, as good as New York City. And even though better than Hong Kong. So I bring out the concept of Hong Kong. The Chinese joking the house is not the explanation time. Dai Pai Dong means eat out on the street. Eating eating at the street is the best food in Hong Kong. So snake. Next time I bring the snake in the, no, let's get <laughs> I was yeah. like ah. yeah. we do we do snake, but next time I, I use an eel. Like yeah. the Japanese people, eel, excellent. And right? the eel sauce. Eel sauce, yeah. everything. So we explode and then I figure out this is seventy two already. And when I graduated from school in seminar, holy cow, still chop so chow in. And then I tried to change. I'm the first Hong Kong style cooking. Okay. But it's not 100% because 
my cooking is not as good as uh, yet. Because all these chefs, I learned the hard way. And then I found out one thing. They're always closed. It's not open their mind. They don't teach you. But this is very bad. When I work in school, I work in Italian restaurant. Mama Mia, they teach me everything. I wash pot and pan. Joe, come here. Make it fresh in Are you kidding me? I have English problem. You all want to cook Italian? Mama Mia. Every day they saw Mama Mia. I don't know what the heck is going on. I think I talked to my friend, he's Chinese from Hong Kong. Why they call Ma every day? They all laugh at me. I don't know why they're laughing. I think why they bring the Ma come to work here. I didn't know that is expression of Mama Mia. So I learned so much. Fracini, Fido, Chapino, Shimshami, Sonny Paco. I do all this. The instructor teach me. He affect me. He gave me all the information. He teach me yeah. why I don't kitchen another body. So that's the language I learned. My kitchen is open. My mind is open. That's why I walk in the Italian restaurant. I was in school 1973 to 1976. I work Italian. They teach me all Italian. Today, I create Asian fusion chapino. Fettuccine Alfredo with the soy sauce. But, I, but like I feel like you, the foods that are you know Asian in, in base like are healthier than Italian food, whereas Italian food is like a heavier, creamier kind of thing. So how how did you com- you know combine or create an, a, a fusion where you're you know keeping that healthy lifestyle, but also you know incorporating the Italian style? Basically. Italian part, they also have a healthy part too. But, but most people, they give you the pasta. Pasta better than rice noodle. Rice noodle is white rice, right? But pasta is cornmeal. Cornmeal is more healthy. <laughs> and I'm not, don't tell the Chinese people, I, I think it is. But also Asian, we have buckwheat. That's we have true. all these kind of uh, 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 quinoa, uh, all these kind of rice, different kind of rice. So each country, French, Italian, Spain, uh, Puerto Rico, they also all like avocado, Mexico. So they always good ingredient. But Asian, we have one cooking. I didn't explore in the restaurant yet. What the herbal cooking? And then they cook all the herbs like star anison, basil, bay leaf, all this kind of thing. Yeah. And also orange peel, ginger, right? All this kind of thing is good health. For example, I, today I bring you the uh, turmeric and ginger cookie. This is a healthy thing. So you can apply on different cooking. For example, chapino. Chapino Italian, they're using uh, tomato or, or, or wine sauce, whatever. I change it, black bean, ginger, garlic sauce, Chapino. So I add on and change it into a little bit healthy. I change back to Italian, but I put the pasta instead of rice, rice noodle. Well, rice noodle is what they call, um, some people have a diet. They cannot eat those things. Oh. Uh, uh, so gluten-free, are you? Uh, gluten-free, gluten-free. So that's why gluten-free. But pasta is not white rice. Rice, white rice is not gluten-free. So that's why it became going to be a oh, no, wheat, wheat, wheat flour. It's not, uh, but uh, uh, pasta is corn. It's excellent. So that's why it, I respect all, all these kind of uh, cooking. That's why I love to learn different things. I apply. So they're using, they're using foie gras, right? I'm using picking duck liver. I cheat a little bit. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> well, I distinctly remember a dinner that you did for us um, back at um, Josie's Infusion and at, at the school. You had a salad, and it was funny because you told everybody that there were red capers on the salad. And I'm like, 
no such thing as red keepers. <laughs> I'm thinking what we go to find out is that it was Chinese wolfberries, which is, you know, a fruit or a berry from China. But, you know, if if we told the young people in the crowd that, oh, you know, we put Chinese wolfberries on there, they wouldn't try them. Afterwards, they all loved them and were addicted. But you had very creative ways of getting people to try to do, you know, to try foods that they were just unfamiliar with. And your tours of Chinatown, if, if to our listeners, if you ever want an amazing experience for your group, a team building event, something like that, reach out to Joe Poon, do his tours of Chinatown, uh, walk and roll tours of Chinatown, you know, where you really get in depth into the culture, the flavors, the businesses of Chinatown, um, from the, you know, mayor of Chinatown himself. Um, I have been on many. I love his tours, and you cannot go wrong. So, Joe, what's Chinatown? It, it's changed a lot, um, in, you know, in, in your career here. Tell us a little bit about your view of Chinatown, Philadelphia right now. Yeah. Right now, Chinatown is very amazing compared with uh, when I come to 1972. You talk about 50 years ago. And that's why I say they still cooking chop soy. The best money they make. Chop soy is onion, celery, onion, and celery. So you eat onion and celery. All the onion is cheap. I think those days it's only about £7,100. Today is £70,000. Everything expensive uh, in COVID-19. But you understand, Jean mentioned about Gucci uh, Berry. Right? It's a red look like, first of all, uh, if you want a major food survey, you have to start, like Jim and I teach young people, you start from the bottom. You have to know what is caper before you create what the heck is red caper. Because it looks like caper, but caper is salty, sour. But this red caper is sweet and also it's herb. For Asian, we use herb, eyesight, and kidney. So I apply it, but the caper also has. Acidity is also good too, but high sodium. So instead of, for example, I give you a piece of candy, you like it? Or you want a piece of lemon, sour. He love candy because goji berry is sweet. Why not? So I change, I put into goji berry instead of uh, caper inside because everybody know caper. But I want to expose, number one, our culture. Yeah. Number two, I want people to eat healthy. I put in a salad and then... For example, I make picking duck. And then I said that usually in Beijing, they give you a whole piece uh, uh, picking duck with a pancake. But I share that I cut it and saute with red wine, <laughs> get people drunk, and also... Get it, people drunk. Yeah, because put <laughs> French is red wine and also the hoisin sauce or chiao sauce. Right. Today, we don't use hoisin sauce. We use more expensive, next level, chiao. So I, it's almost the same ing uh, uh, ingredient, but proportion is different. <laughs> so when I make the roast duck, I put the chiao sauce. It's a little bit expensive, but it's different taste because they have five spicy powder and also puree, uh, star anison inside the powder, inside the thing. So hmm. basically, you learn basic first. Yeah. Virginia freedom or caper. And then if you are knowledgeable, you must be good. And then you have some kind of leadership thing, like power. Like Gene can mention something. He's a good chef. They mention something yeah. and you trust him. And then that's why. Everybody come to this food service, but start from the bottom. That's what I would like to, Jean and I like to teach the young people. Start the bottom before you become master chef, macho man. Well, you have quite the resume besides the restaurants. 
you have consulted uh, pretty much all over the world. But I mean, you know, everything from local, you had menu items uh, up where I'm at in Bucks County, in Yardley with Hong Kong Jacks. It goes back a long way. Um, Manhattan, Echo La, um, the Hula Grill in Hawaii, yeah, yeah. you know, Joe Poon menu items on there. The Hilton Corporation room service menu, because you have a great reputation or a great relationship with Hilton. Uh, the Darden Restaurant Group, you were overseeing design and creativity for their whole brand of Asian restaurants, and as well as uh, Disney Dolphin in, in its day. So, you know, you you really took off in that world, but you maintained the restaurants. You, you managed all this at one time. What was it like? You know, going around the country, designing menus, doing all that, and still keeping, you know, the businesses grounded here. Number one, I love Philadelphia. All my year, 50 years, I'm in Philadelphia. I like to promote Philadelphia. And then everybody come from, ask me, where you come from? I think, say, New Jersey. I live in New Jersey, uh, Philadelphia. Because I stay in Philadelphia all the time because I love Philadelphia very much. And also, I got so much money. I stole the money from Philadelphia. I let it back to Philadelphia. <laughs> Otherwise, the mayor would kill me. Mayor Good, Mayor Green, they, I love them because Philadelphia has so many connections to expose yourself. But you must be good and honest and saying. You must use in the heart. And then on the plate, you can see when you're cooking, you can see the plate. You can indicate yourself how good you are. So you cannot cheat. Why? But for example, Gene walk in. He's a quick chef. Body uh, model walk in. All right. Bobby V walk in. No problem. I make something you don't know, you never eat before. So one time, one chef, uh, the China Grill in Manhattan, and uh, Jeff Chardelow, he's very famous. He broke zero, but he became in there. I, like, I think he got 30 restaurants right now in the world. And then he walked into Sankey, <laughs> and then he had no money. He just divorced. So he, he lied to me. So I forgot the wallet, Jeff, on me. You don't know you're so good to people, Next year, it becomes my heir. Joe, my diamond scene is yours for one month because I have to go to Europe. I don't have money to pay for the driver. It's too expensive. The diamond is long. So you're giving and also sometimes I'm giving you too. So remember that. If you're good for people, good for people, good for you. But sometimes you get stuck. It's okay. That's life. Life's up and down, up and down. Not always like red caper. Sometimes you get sour caper. Okay? <laughs> so that's life. Sweet, sour, <clears throat> bitter, and suffering. Yeah. Um, I actually have a question related to uh, Chinese New Year. How how do you celebrate it? You know, what kind of meal do you present in front of you know somebody when you guys are celebrating? Okay, number one, we have all different festivals within the Chinese New Year or before Chinese Year. New Year Eve, Mama Mia, when you eat with your boss, ten courses. <laughs> If the head, chicken head, facing you, good luck for you. That means you got fire. <laughs> and the boss will give you the head. That means next day you don't need to come to work. This is Chinese culture. And then if you get the thigh and leg, holy mango, you get promotion and get big envelope. If the uh, if the boss in the restaurant business, they make a lot of money, they give you 10000 20000 bonus. Oh, wow. This is what they are. All right? This is the last supper. Good luck for you. And then good and bad. And also, inside you, they buy a lot of flowers, celebration. So you can see the green, that means prosperity, and like bamboo, long stay. And then by the time, next day, Monday, is vegetarian 
diet. So they have to cook the day before. Why? I I I, I do I make about uh ten uh a plate of the vegetarian. I deliver to the elderly because I using very good stuff. Sun dry scale, very expensive, hundred dollar per pound. Ooh. I put it on. They say, Joe, you crazy, but it didn't cost me anything because somebody give me a gift. It's in my refrigerator. Why not? I share. I put all the whole piece of treasure. Wow, it looked like excellent. And also, you have lotus root, you have uh, uh, bamboo soup, you have uh, baby corn, you have uh, uh, bamboo, and you have all sorts of vegetables inside. And also, the key is the sauce. The sauce is red bean sauce. Okay? But this year, I paid the trick. Because they cook all the sauce absorbed by the vegetable, but then on the top there's no such thing. So I I learned from French. I make red wine mm-hmm. and that red bean sauce. Remember, red bean sauce is uh, salty. You gotta balance it using sugar, and then I don't use MSG. I using Japanese mushroom, no MSG, and then I using uh, keys, uh oyster sauce because that is a good flavor and created from California, also low MSG. So. That's why in French, Italian, American cooking, five mother sauce. Chinese, I create two mother sauce. You come to, I give the secret for you. No problem. <laughs> so learn everything. You're saying giving is the best uh, in life. Because without Orionta, my school, without all the stuff like Jean teach me, I give the opportunity to work with him for cancer children, uh, best cancer people. How can I have today? People... People invite me to do it because they respect me. Yeah. They don't take a rent from me. They respect me. <clears throat> There's so many people want to do it, but I did on uh, records, uh, live on one. Why I'm only Chinese? Because they respect me. Yeah. And then I got a ticket, $180 from the crazy police in, 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 because I parked in the wrong wrong place. <laughs> so I didn't know that I worked there 70 hours. And then they gave me a ticket, I think $170. But those, those days, but I really enjoy it because if you are no good, Nobody trusts you. You must be very good, good heart, and good presentation whenever you cook. For example, I cook lobster, half lobster, half lobster with a vegetable, and I only charge uh, uh, $14. But people charge $25. I know the food cost, so that's why. If I charge 15 and then you see the plate, just like Jim said, this is the presentation of me. This is Jopun creation. And they oh, wow, very good deal. And then each half lobster, I donate $1 and keep about $500 each week, I donate to Blast Cancer, Susan Coleman, or Cancer Children. I learned from Jim uh, for this kind of thing. Because we work together a lot. Yeah. Much of time, everything, yeah. Well, you know, your attitude is reflected in, in one of the books you put out, and I love this. You know, life is short, cooking is fun. And what a great, you know, story that, you know, that is about for young people. And there's a lot of... Joe's life lessons in there and, and things like that. Um, if you can give one bit of, you and, know, one bit of advice to young people getting started in this industry today, what would that advice be? Life is short. I told you the story already. Look at me. I come here at 27. Today, upside down, 72. Fast, too fast. Just like we say, Wrinkle your eye and it's 50 years gone. So don't wait too long. So don't waste in your time. Okay, this is the key thing. Work hard, time fight really fast. So that's why I created this cookbook. Life is short. But I don't want you go to hell before you enjoy life. Don't do that. You must do 
when you do the best in your lifetime. So look at me, 50 years already, I've been here. Look at that. I got all the white hair. I dye my white hair. Don't, don't touch my hair, otherwise it's off, okay? So, keep time fly really fast. Don't wasting time. All right, that's the key thing, all right? Yeah. So, mention, mention that, yeah. And you've always been a big supporter of education. You've been involved with the CCAP program in Philadelphia for a number of years. Uh, you were always one of those people that was out there going to area schools. I know you've been to Chestnut Hill College a couple times, uh, out with students out there to teach people about culture and things like that. And obviously your tours of Chinatown, which are absolutely perfect for school groups and getting to know people. You know, wh where did that passion for education and, and, and where did it come from? Because a lot of people today, well, that's not my job, that's a teacher's job, that's whatever, and you're no, 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 I need to give. Curiosity, the kid found out why chef from New Jersey, two of the New Jersey current school, uh, working on the school, they bring the kid down. The kid was so exciting because even though the chef exciting, because I can bring them to the kitchen because I got Chinese connection. I'm not mafia, you know. I just bond them in the kitchen and they can see exactly. But usually they don't let you go because I've been there for a long time and those chefs, they know I don't, I don't need to steal from them. I steal from them already. I know what the heck they're doing. So... They welcome the kid. The kid and the chef want to see how they roast pig. Almost 200 pound pig before they kill it and end up with only about 75 pound. And then they roast the whole pig only one hour, 15 minutes, impossible. The, the, the suckling pig only ready, 15 minutes. Wow. Amazing. So this secret, they, don't, they want to see it. So the chef want the kid to see it. And also, I buy all this duck, char siu, barbecue pork, chicken. Let them taste it, testing. And also, I teach them how to eat sweet food because kids, no money. This is cheap place, inexpensive, try sweet food. So this is all secret in Chinatown. And then I promote at the same time the interest. And then I, I buy everybody bubble tea. What's bubble tea? And they learn. I want them to learn the taste. And then there's a way to, after that, they have a lunch. So you say, what's the dim sum? They don't know what dim sum. So all this kind of thing, I want to, let them explore it. Same thing when I come to Italian restaurant. Mamma Mia, I don't know what it is. But I want them to learn so young, younger than me. I was 26. But they're young, only 15, 16. And that make them reply. And then also, I want them more appreciate. Because the teacher, they teach you, they drive all the way down in the morning, six, 5 o'clock to get up. And then I have to do the good job. Yep. And everybody, I give them lucky money. And also, don't forget, whenever you go, you drink the bottle of water. Don't forget where you come from. And then nobody answered me when I was in a, I, a lecture in Vendinova, uh, uh, St. Paul, uh, St. Joe, uh, uh, Lhasa. Nobody answered my discussion philosophy. That means when you're drinking the bottle of water, it's not drinking bottle of water. Who gave you birth? Don't forget where you come from. It's from your mother and father. Take care of you. So you have to love your parents because they are the one suffering. They're the one to support you when you're a baby, everything. They change your yucky diapers <laughs> every day. Good luck, okay? Love your parents, please. So, Joe, if people want to find out about your tours, uh, you know, get more information about classes or other things you're doing, how do people follow you, where they get in touch with you? Tell us a little bit about or tell our listeners where people can you know, get more information about your tours and everything else you're doing. Yeah. 
First of all, I thank you for Irene Baker and also uh, uh, Deborah, uh, Deborah, and they both are my uh, best marketing. So they put all of me in the website. So they set up the whole. Irene set up the website and uh, Deborah set up the website. You go to my website www.joseph.com. You get all the information, the number, where you park the bus, and where you, uh, what kind of tour I am, what kind of food you eat, and what kind of food you taste. It's all in the website. So thank you for Irene and also Deborah. They saved the kid's life. And I have always loved working with Irene. Joe, you're getting ready to, uh, on the 21st, do the Shen dinner here uh, in yes. Philadelphia, yeah, which is always a wonderful thing. And then uh, we wish you very safe travels. On the 24th, you're going back to Hong Kong for the first time uh, to see family back in Hong Kong um, since COVID began. I'm sure uh, that's going to be a wonderful experience. We look forward to ha hearing from you when you return from Hong Kong with all your new products and all your new recipes and everything you bring back with us. Uh, it has been a great honor. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Joe. You, it's Mikey. always a pleasure. And Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Phantom Day, too. <laughs> to become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time, an FM station in New York, and to the millions of Facebook users worldwide with access to the Facebook mobile app. Send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com. And we're back. Chef Gene, take it away. At this time, it is such a wonderful honor and a treat for our listeners to introduce two simply amazing Italian international chefs uh, that have a private chef business as well as an amazing restaurant in France that features some of the best Italian cuisine you could find. Uh, so at this point in time, I'd love to welcome Geneva and Giacomo. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Uh, the Antonelli, the Antonini family has been wowing taste buds in Italy as celebrity chefs and in France at the restaurant for many years now. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Really, it's an honor. Now, it is our honor. Uh, I was very blessed to have the opportunity to meet you both recently at a dinner here in Philadelphia that you were catering. You were brought over from Italy to cater. And I learned so much about your food. And one of the things that I took from that was with both of you, you don't just try to create a lunch or a dinner. You bring an emotion. And that's something that is deep inside of you. Doing a little bit of research, I found a great uh, little background story um, about you where you started at age eight. Um, you just wanted to entertain and do all that. And the quote was, when asked about your desire, it was a primordial calling. Tell us about how you got involved. Who was your inspirations uh, for both of you? What, what, you know, what called you to do what you do? 
So this is a fun story because uh, normally, you know, in Italy, we always think of a family that uh, cooks a lot and you have the, your mother, your grandmother and all that part. So in this case, we had a weird story because we have four children. I'm the oldest. The Giacomo is number three. Then we have another one, number two, which is Eduardo, and the little one that is Carolina. So we're four children. But we had a mother that didn't really like to cook. So probably we had kind of a reaction to that. And uh, we really tried, started to express ourselves because she really left us. Of course, uh, we always had the chance to have lovely food cooked from here, but she, it wasn't their great passion, let's say so. So she was always doing it because she was a mom, so she had to take care. But with four children, you can imagine how busy you can be. Always very high quality, very simple dishes. So from that start, from the basics of, you know, especially organic and seasonal uh, shopping she was making, we were helping out. So we were trying to express ourselves with the food, which was really what I always call uh, an act of love. So she was doing it for us, not, be not because she wanted to cook, but she had to cook. So for her, it was really an act of love. And we took it from there and we really expressed it into something that became then our job. So, I mean, obviously, like you, you started out learning from your mother, but like, I, I mean, I don't know at what age, if, if you're the third, um, Giacomo, if you're the third child, um, when you, you started getting that passion to cook too. But, um, you know, when were all of you uh, in behind, you know, behind the, the, sh the oven per se? Well, for me, actually, I just was much more easy because I just followed the, the steps of my sister. <laughs> so for me, it was much more yeah, necessity. But then uh, I started to love what Jeannie was doing. And so it was a teamwork. It was a teamwork, <laughs> exactly. So that was uh, the deal. <laughs> and then there's also we, we split a little bit when uh, we got the restaurant. But at the end, we help each other all the time. Like I come here in the United States or in Rome to help her and she come to, to France for, for the summer, for example. Yeah, the family business are always complicated because, you know, for us, we've been always a very strong and connected family. So as we as a team, yeah, so we were we had our Sundays together, which imagine I was probably, uh, let's say, uh, 12 years old. So Giacomo is five years younger than I and it was really like we were supporting each other in the kitchen like a real brigade that you always have in a normal kitchen. So for now, when we cook together, we don't even talk. It's just automatically. So it's like uh, being in, uh, in, a, in a perfect, the perfect couple. And we know exactly what to do and how to do it. It's a dance. Yeah, it's a dance. <laughs> so I know that you spent a little bit of time in England as well. And while you were there, you had a great opportunity to work with one of the greats, Sally Clarks, you, you know, who is, you know, the mother of slow food or slow food mother, they, they often attribute to her. What was that experience like? It had to be tremendous. It was terrific. I loved it. It was one of the hardest uh, job I actually ever did because it was super busy and she is a genius to me. So imagine I have, uh, we have a part of our family that lives in London. So our grandmother uh, lives in London since uh, probably 40 years. Um, and, um, and I always went there for like uh, holidays and that restaurant was always my dream. I always said when I was young, like when I was like uh, 13, 14, I said, well, one day I would love to Recording work in progress. So, uh, uh, one second, sorry. Yeah. 
Yep. So the, the idea was um, to, to work there one day. And uh, I went there when I was 18 and I discovered they were looking for a chef. So I decided, yes, you know what? I mean, I'll find all the courage I have in my veins. And I go there and try to ask them if they really need someone that had actually no experience because I didn't do any cooking school. I went to German school, so I had a completely different type of education. And, um, and so I went there and, uh, the fact is that since I was cooking, since I was so young, I had all the knowledge to work in a restaurant. So she was very surprised the day after they hired me and I stayed there for a couple of years. I guess the next question I have to ask, and this, this I don't know why this strikes me as different, but it's more for, uh, Giacomo, this one, you opened up an amazing Italian restaurant in France. Okay. What was that inspiration and, and why, you know, okay, you could have easily grew up in Italy, but you decided to take that to France, you know, that had to be a unique, good. Um, I decided to take the responsibility of the, of the kitchen because the idea to move to France, uh, wasn't just mine, but it was a family choice. So my family, my parents decided to, to move to, to France because they were much, uh, really a lot tired about the, the city of Rome, which is really chaotic and busy in traffic and stuff. So uh, we moved all together uh, to, in the countryside because it's much more calm, relaxed, and things like that. And um, so at the beginning, honestly, it was really difficult for the, for the language, for, the, for being in the countryside and stuff. But then, uh, once you start to work there, you realize how many nice opportunities you you have. So it was like uh, difficult, but it was worth it. And they love the Italian kitchen in France, so it was uh, actually such a big surprise. They were very supportive, and they really yeah. helped us also to uh, improve uh, as much as we could uh, the clientele at the restaurant. And we really do. Wherever we go, if it's Philadelphia, if it's New York, if it's Germany, if it's London, if it's France, we really want to bring the real Italian spirit and the real Italian Tradition. traditions all over. I did notice that at the dinner I attended recently for you, we, you had perfectly orchestrated menu and you know, assisting a little bit. I, I was there at the carving station and people would come up and they would, no, no, I don't want any of that other stuff. Just give me the meat. And I would cringe because I had these two uber talented chefs who took all this time to design this perfect flavor combination that people were just not getting. Tell us a, bit, a little bit about the events that you're doing here. I know they're private events, but you know, you're, you have three wonderful Italian meals coming up. Can you give us a little insight into what, what's going to be on some of those menus? Sure, you mean here? Yes. Yes, sure, absolutely. So today we've been doing a huge prep because we have three busy days and you know, we do everything super fresh and from scratch, starting with the flatbread, with uh, the pizza dough, with the fr uh, fried stuff, with the pasta, with the ravioli, everything from scratch. So today, uh, what we did for tomorrow, we'll have a five course menu. So we will start with a veloute, like uh, a, a cream of butternut squash that we roasted with a lot of Italian herbs. And uh, we will serve it with some black truffle and uh, a burrata cream. So very nice to start with. 
Then we will continue with uh, uh, risotto that we did with uh, asparagus, uh, um, and we, um, let's say, dress it uh, the cacio pepe style, which is a Roman-Italian typical uh, recipe that we all normally do with uh, the pasta. But in this case, we turn it into a risotto, which is lovely. And then we added, uh, as a third course, the classic, very typical carbonara, and we got the guanciale from your friends. Thank, uh, thank God we could find a very high-quality product. And um, since we, we, we stopped traveling with uh, ham, cheeses, and guanciale in our suitcases, as we did uh, recently, because that's too risky for the customs. And, um, and then we will have a... A lovely tenderloin of uh, beef that we will slow cook into a red wine sauce with a crumble of hazelnuts and served with a polenta cream. That is a very heavy meal. And uh, <laughs> if, if somebody walks away from your table like hungry, that is on their 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 fault for being hungry. Uh, small portions, small portions. <laughs> the thing is, I really love the idea of bringing uh, to the guests different flavors so they really can experience a whole a whole Italian meal because you know we actually eat a lot in Italy so <laughs> we just reduce the portions and we try to make a Mediterranean uh, kitchen but since it's snowing outside we thought it would be you know it this time we can do a little bit heavier <laughs> <laughs> which cracks me up because the two of you are you know as perfectly fit as any two human beings I know, and I know some of that has to do with your husband, but, you know, the, the two of you are, are so fit and so lean compared to American chefs like me who always have way too many pounds. Um, because, you know, Mediterranean kitchen is actually very healthy. So that's the thing. I always say, I always try to say, you know, when we go shopping around in the, in the grocery stores here in America, I mean, the, you... You guys have uh, very good products, actually, if yeah, you absolutely. select. So very good vegetables. And people are, of course, afraid that also the cost, the food cost is higher because it's easier just to buy processed food. But it's not true because Italian kitchen is very cheap, actually, because it's all based on uh, vegetables and uh, carbs. So if you balance the diet in a proper way, you can have an amazing meal, but without spending too much money and in a healthy way. So I always uh, support that. It's all about communicating that. So next time, maybe we should have some something about to talk about, you know, healthiness in the kitchen. <laughs> so tell our listeners where they can get hold of you and how they can learn more about the two of you if they want to have you come over and do a dinner for them in the States or know what where they can reach out absolutely so first of all uh, to be connected with us uh, you can um, contact us on instagram so we have two profiles so my profile is mood ginevra so the english way mood ginevra because uh, you always need to find the right mood of you know of what you want to eat and so that's been my my target since uh, almost 16 years now so and and jacom of course he has his profile it's burdasso it's the name of the restaurant, and it's in the south of France, near Carcassonne, really historical city of France. And last but not least, since people are listening now, um, uh, we have uh, the, the, the other brother, uh, which um, he has a, uh, how can I say, farm. so he has a farm, and we produce, uh, we have buffaloes in France, 
and we produce a buffalo mozzarella in France, organic buffalo mozzarella that we just, uh, you know, we don't send it all over, unfortunately, but uh, you, know, you can come and visit us and we have a lot of um, Michelin star uh, chefs that buy our mozzarella because it's made in France, which is something unique. And we won this year the prize for the best mozzarella all over France, which I'm proud to say because Eduardo and his wife, they made a great job. So uh, we are very proud. We are, we're um, a cooking family, yeah. <laughs> cooking oriented and uh, food oriented family. It's an organic mozzarella uh, handmade. Handmade, well. handmade, yes, true. Fabulous, fabulous. I appreciate the two of you taking time out of your extremely busy day. I look forward to seeing you this week, and I will just give you the insight. My wife and I have been talking, and we are planning a European vacation kind of around your businesses. Um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to coming over and, and uh, learning more from your vision and uh, going to the restaurant and obviously now trying some of that buffalo mozzarella. Thank you both so much. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guests. Hi, everyone. I want to introduce our listeners to the owner, one of the owners of Gavarelli Stockton Steaks and their adorable daughter. Um, welcome to our show, Judith and Gabby. I'm good. So, um, you uh you this is not your first endeavor in the restaurant world (laughs) and and, um like i was wondering how how did you get started and how what hard was it to open up gabarelli's during the pandemic mommy yeah we ended up opening it actually we actually the the previous iteration of that space was a place called bistro rouget and that was actually open through when we first were allowed to open in pand- the pandemic, during pandemic. And then probably after we outdoor seating wasn't allowed, we no longer, we closed it up. For, and we were closed for about 11 months. And during that time period, Brian Health, who owns that, who owns the B-Series A, and he also owns two other restaurants in Lambertville, um, he said he always wanted to have kind of a greasy spoon kind of place, as well as the fine dining places that he had, that he had, um, that he had in um that he had that he has with uh Bryant and the Hamilton Grill Rooms in Lambertville, so that kind he loves cheesesteak. The concept was kind of born during that period, and we were closed for like about eleven months, and we reopened with cheesesteaks uh, and um as you saw called Gabarelli's. And uh, the, for our listeners out there, and for anybody yep. watching online, you can see uh their namesake and of Gabrielli's. So how did you come about choosing choosing to name Gabrielli's off of your daughter? Yeah, um, what happened was that um, Lisa, uh, this is from the movie Cinderella, the animated film, which I think Amherst I said to you, I've never really actually seen, but Brian had. And so when she was really young, just born, because she was born during the pandemic. She was born in March, 2020. Um, he started singing that song a lot. Like you say, Cinderella, Cinderella. And he said, he just kind of transitioned it over to Gabrielli, Gabrielli, kind of like a little nickname. Um, because her name is Gabrielle, actually. <laughs> but um, so anyway, he switched it and then we just started calling her that. And then when we were trying to think of a name for the restaurant, it just kind of like stuck. And we just started calling her the nickname Gabrielli, and we named the restaurant Gabrielli for Gabby. 
which is perfect. And she is so adorable. Um, and if anybody is listening out there on the radio, um, as we are talking, she, uh, Judith is actually holding her in her lap. And, you know, I have to give you props because you're being poked, poked and prodded in while talking. Um, It'll be two in less than uh, three weeks. And uh, this is what you get. <laughs> um, now... Now, um, you all, you already are involved in the community, like with your other restaurants and, and whatnot, yes. but you are also involving yourself deeply right out of the bat almost with a local, another local um, place, the Fisherman's Mark. Can yes. you tell us, you know, about Fisherman's Mark and how you are working with them? Sure, absolutely. Um, Fisherman's Mark is basically a social servicing support network um, within the community, um, Lamberville, um, Stockton, and even parts of like New Hope as well. We're, we're, we're located centrally in that area. And it helps families and people kind of down on their feet anytime there's a, there's a catastrophe. And it helps with like we have, um, they have soup kitchens, um, they have a pantry, that kind of thing to help the community. So what we're doing, how we're involved is that we're offering on, it's pretty open-ended right now. Um, well, you pay ten dollars to for cheesesteak for any one of the the the, um, the residents of or the the, the participants of Fisherman's uh, Mark, and um, we started it on Groundhog Day, February second, and we've actually had a quite a good response. People have come in, they buy their own cheesesteak or not. People just come in just to donate the the ten dollars, and once we get to, I mean, probably about maybe thirty dollars, forty dollars of donations. We um we we give the these vouchers are produced that we bring to for the fisherman's mark and then they hand it out to their to their um patrons. And I love that. I love mm-hmm. the the fact nice. that you're you know helping not only just giving back to the community in that way, but also helping with you know anybody out there who's food insecure. They know that they can exactly. go there. Yeah, they can go there and pick up one of those vouchers and you know eat one of your oh, cheesesteaks. Yes, delicious cheese. <laughs> it's good, and it's great. I thought at first because we have cards and we did have a press release um, that the first day was we had the most activity. And then we put up more of the information on our website, and then we have cards actually at our location, and people are still contributing, which is awesome. So it's great. Well, one of the wonderful things I think about what you're doing there. Um, I'm a Bucks County resident from not too far from there. And people think that, oh, New Hope, Lambertville, Stockton, they don't have those needs up there. You know, it's such an influent area that they don't need that. And you're really bringing awareness to the absolute falsehood of that, that people everywhere need help. Absolutely, absolutely. We had a hurricane that happened recently. You'd be amazed by the number of families or like food insecure and how the pantry there had really helped them out and then we just wanted to contribute just a little bit to that as well and we thought people might be generous and they have been which is what really we were we were hoping for when we started this whole endeavor <laughs> now i've been there already and had your cheesesteak i i of course love extra cheese on anything so it's yeah. you know <laughs> so it's absolutely gooey but i what i enjoyed the most is seeing your daughter like just dig in i mean you barely put the cheesesteaks in front of her and she like went after them um <laughs> <laughs> and she loves the bread that she'll eat the bread like straight by itself. But for a little thing, she um she knows her cheesesteaks. She knows her um 
And, and, and then Sage, she'll just eat it. She'll pick it right out of there and just start eating it. And that's what I found found the funniest is because I mean I took pictures of her and she you can see like yeah. she's just pulling the meat out. But that yeah. kind of liaisons into what you know the next thing that you guys are going to be doing that you sure. brought up, um, which is well, why don't you tell our listeners about you know what what you're going to be offering coming up? Yeah, so it's an idea that came to Brian uh, from obviously you know, different. Um, uh, Brian is the the other the other owner, I guess. We we're, we're married, but he um thought of the idea of a deconstructed cheesesteak, and it's a deconstructed cheesesteak like night. It'd be an evening, kind of a maybe a higher end, maybe upscale type evening. People would come out, and basically all the elements of the of the cheesesteak would be there. So you know, we would make with prime rib. It's kind of that's how we we slice that, hand cut slice that. So we would have like a prime rib. Steak, like a like a like the piece of the steak itself and then without being chopped, chopped up and then to mimic like the bread that goes on the cheese steak we would have like uh bread maybe with um like cheese uh, cheese sauce on it we'll have onions on the side of mushrooms because people typically will get that on their cheese steaks sort of like you feel like you're having a cheese steak but you're not really like really kind of upscale people it'll be dining experience people would come in or they could take out of course because nowadays a lot of people don't want to take out but it's more, it's a little bit more um, elegant, more refined than uh, getting your hands dirty with a cheesesteak, um, wow. which is delicious. So we want to do that. We want to offer that for salmon, chicken, uh, where we have the grilled chicken. We want to have it and definitely for the cheesesteak. And we're thinking of doing that like in, in starting in March. We're going to start doing that probably maybe one night a, a week is what we're thinking right now to start out with and see how people like it. I mean, Brian would be, would be serving, we'd be serving, it would be st- serving people if they sit in the restaurant um, as opposed to... Um, um, you know, coming in and taking your order, we'd actually have a wait staff as well. So that kind of thing. It's just a just a way to kind of continue his. I don't think he can ever get too far away from his fine dining <laughs> experience and love. So Brian's like, I love cheesesteaks and stuff. What do we do this? You know, something a little different, and people might like the idea of coming in. And a lot of our former um, customers were from Bistro Rouge, which was a sit down, you know, French bistro style restaurant. So those who are them who are have we kind of lost a little bit also with our change to cheesesteaks. Um, this might be a way to bring them kind of back in and see, you know, doing that. So that's that was our thought about it. That's I, coming up in March. And mm-hmm. I would love that. I mean, that would be a perfect night, like either on a Friday or a Saturday night where you can like yes. go out for like a, a nice dinner and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like have that combination where you're you're gracing the cheesesteak. But getting away with saying, I didn't just have a cheesesteak. I had, see, I had a, you know, a nice cut of prime rib or, you know, whatnot. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a good way of getting away, you know, if you're, especially if you're a guy and you have somebody like a, a wife. Yeah. And you, you're like, I really want a cheesesteak. How can I get away with having like a date night and have that cheesesteak? That would be right, perfect. Exactly. 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 <laughs> Um, now what, what you had mentioned, you have other restaurants, obviously, um, in Lambertville, um, would you ever bring that cheesesteak, you know, kind of concept in as one of the options in there as like a, you know, Um, I don't know if we would, I mean, it's interesting that you asked us, we hadn't even really thought about it. It was kind of more the other way around. We thought that it would bring, you know, maybe some of the concepts from there sort of, and probably bring, oh honey, what? (laughs) <laughs> it's our cheesesteak, but um, but um, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting thought. It's something to, to, to consider. Um, you know, we're looking for new ideas, and we constantly Brian sometimes wakes up in the middle of the night just brainstorming, brainstorming about ideas and stuff like that. So uh, it's totally possible. 
Give me some level of that to the to Brian's or to Hamilton Grill Room. No, you you had mentioned the the salmon cheesesteak too, which is I, it, that is an un, like an unusual choice. Like I'm not used to seeing a salmon cheesesteak. So when did yeah. he come to decide like let's bring let's put a salmon cheesesteak on the menu? It was so weird. It was just, it was almost from the get go, and I like jumped on it because I love I love fish of any type. And the salmon, I said, well, what's, you think of it as like maybe a salmon puree or kind of something like a squashed up type thing, but these are like chunks of salmon. I said, well, he actually does an actual salmon, grills it, then um, puts it on the on the bread. Then he's got this aioli sauce that he puts in it, very much like if you would be sitting down to have a salmon meal, which he's done many with a, like a mustard sauce or whatever. And this is like an, an aioli, a garlic aioli he puts in there. So, um, and then puts it in a sandwich just well, so well, you know, it blends really nicely. And... He just thought of it like initially, and like I said, I was like, "Don't take that off the menu." At one point, he considered taking it off. We're not getting enough people buying it, and I said, "No, that's one of my favorite ones." <laughs> all my dad will eat when he comes there, and I love it. It's so delicious. I mean, it's just so it's rich, but at the same time, we're not getting like our product. Salmon can be very, very you know succulent, delicious, you know, tender, that kind of thing, and it's, it's good that way. So that's why I wanted to keep it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for the, the one night a week date night, the salmon, the deconstructed yeah. salmon will work out perfectly for that as well. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> now, for our listeners out there, how can they get in touch with you and find you um, out out in uh, Stockton, New Jersey? Yeah. Uh, well, we have our, our website. It's probably a good way to start. It has our, it has our current menu. It's got our the work that we're doing with Fisherman's Mark. It's a link that people know about it before coming in. Um, has our hours and stuff like that. Um, it's uh, gabarellis.com, just with no apostrophe, G-A-B-A-R-E-L-L-Y-S.com. And um, yeah, I mean, that's probably, probably the best way to sort of reach us, talk to us. You know, we, we were there from Wednesday through Sunday. Those are our days. We're, we're open from 11 to 7 from Wednesday through Saturday and then open only till 7 on, I'm sorry, 11 to 8 Wednesday through Saturday. And then on Sunday, 11 to 7, one hour earlier, we close. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you again. Um, oh, yes, definitely, Amaris. <laughs> I loved having you last time you were there. <laughs> and I love those pictures you sent us. All right. Thank you again. And um, I will see you soon. Thank you very okay, much. So, you're very welcome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Have you want to say bye, honey? You, you can find bye? us on phillyrestaurantreviews.com and you can find me at AR Polycus or find Gene Bloom at ibfoodie or Gene Blum or you can email me directly at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. <laughs>